0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Auburn House of Sports podcast. Been an extra week since our last episode, or been two weeks, but we skipped a week. It was a very busy week last week, so didn't have time to record, but we're back, so obviously gonna, gonna be a little bit longer. Not gonna try and keep it too long, but gonna try and keep it a little, sh- um, a little within reason, but... We're back. Definitely a lot to talk about in terms of Auburn football and Braves baseball. That's kind of the main two things we're going to be focusing on as of right now, uh, just because that's what's going on, and there's a lot to talk about with both of them. So going to focus on those today. But with Auburn football, we're going to start out with Auburn football right now, and then we'll get to some Braves baseball towards the end. But since the last episode – I believe that was before the San Jose State game, or no? Before the Penn State game, and obviously, if you watch the game, it was horrible. Got blown out at home by what I believe is a mediocre Penn State team. Maybe not mediocre, but not a team we should be getting blown out at, by at home. By um, so, and then last weekend was homecoming against Missouri, won that one 17-14 in overtime. Very – should not have won that game. There was no, no – I don't think any Auburn fan would say that we deserved to win that game. What one on a fumbled – I don't, it wasn't even a fumble. Like, it was just a – like, the dude dropped the ball at the, at right before the end zone and – Along with the missed chip shot. Along with the missed chip shot field goal that would have won him the game. Like – Auburn Jesus works in mysterious ways. Like, that was something special. Like, that was weird. Um, but shouldn't have won the game. Like, I, the only benefit that it, that comes from that game is that it goes in the win column, and it shouldn't have. Everything else about it just feels like a loss. Like, it was just a terrible game. Missouri's not good. Like, like they're just not. Penn State, I don't think, is very good. I mean, they're better than any other team we've played. But I mean, Auburn football is just not looking too good right now. You know, I was I was on the Harson train before the season and kind of w- tried to stay on. But after the Penn State game and the the game against Missouri, like it's just very hard to support him. And a lot of it has to do with just poor decisions. Like the the team just doesn't it just just doesn't feel like a very disciplined. And physical team. There are guys out there that are playing their tails off, but for the most part, like it just feels like a lack of physicality and discipline. Just stupid, stupid penalties, getting blown off the line. Our offensive line is terrible. It's just there's just a lot going wrong with this team. And you know, maybe just maybe we can figure it out before we've got to go play three straight top twenty-five teams. All away or two two straight away, and then against Arkansas at home, and then we've got you know Mississippi State at Mississippi State, Texas A&M here, Western Kentucky here, and then goes we go to Alabama. So like, there's no more game like even the Western Kentucky game. Like Western Kentucky is a decent team; they're better than San Jose State and Mercer. Maybe not be, maybe not as good as Penn State, but like, not a not a cupcake game. But, like, there's no more games on our schedule, which I look at, and I'm like, okay, we're going to win that game. And a lot of it doesn't have to do with who we're playing. A lot of it just has to do with how we look.
1: Right, yeah. <coughs> um, you couldn't really have said it any better yourself, Robert. I mean, that was that was pretty spot on. Um,
0: I've had that built up for a, a, a week or two now. Yeah. Want, been, been wanting to get that out. Yeah, it's um... – definitely what the people in
1: vegas who predicted the season outcome that they're they're looking pretty right right now <laughs> they are and
0: um, i was a big i was like that's crazy yeah. it's ludicrous
1: but you know who knows maybe they can turn it around um uh i believe there's been no confirmation about if tj is healthy for tomorrow um obviously last week he missed uh because of his shoulder um so, who knows about tomorrow. Maybe it's a, just a game-time decision. However, uh, if, if Robbie can come in and just – I don't – I mean, I, I don't really know how – we don't know how good he can be, honestly. Like There's no – He uses his speed to his advantage, which is great, but I feel like it used to be every time he came in, it was just a read option to him. And it seems like they're just not comfortable letting him throw at all. Mm-hmm. Which is not good at all, um, especially with just a very confusing decision by Harson to bring in Holden Griner when we were like tied in the second half and mm-hmm. we needed to score. Um, yeah,
0: I I personally liked it only for the re- the reason of that it was something something different because obviously Robbie and TJ hadn't exactly proven themselves worthy of the spot. And I think it was just good to see something different. Although it didn't really work out. I think he threw three total passes and maybe ran the ball once and handed it off the other times. It, it yep. was just something different to see.
1: It was different. And when he first came in, I was pumped. But then I thought about it and, like, it is just a weird situation for your first uh, plays to be, against like, an SEC opponent and you're expected to –
0: yeah, I mean he's a, a freshman. freshman. He Dry. hadn't played. He hadn't right. had a snap all season, and then you throw him out yeah. there, and you're like, "Hey, go, go win us a football game." And I guess maybe they didn't tell him that. Maybe they told him, "Hey, just you know, help us dr- at least get us driving down the field." But I mean, right. when it, I don't think I don't think you could put anybody behind that offensive line and they'd be successful. Like, yeah, I genuinely think you could put Cam Newton behind that line, and he'd look average. I mean, maybe not Cam. That's that might be a little much because those are like even Bo Nix. Like Bo Nix is much better than than all these quarterbacks. All the these line. quarterbacks combined, and I think if you put him behind this O line, like he looks terrible. And he's really not that bad. Like he, everybody <sighs> dogged on him last year. Like oh, he's you know he's not good. Like he's done a pretty good job at Oregon, and obviously the competition up there isn't what we're facing down here. Like, you put Bo Nix behind this offensive line, and he just looks like a junior high quarterback. Like, I just don't think there's anybody that could play behind this offensive line and succeed. And it's an unfortunate situation for TJ, Robbie, and Holden that they've got to come in there, and they're expected to win football games, but they can't do what they need to do. Again, I mean, and they're not the greatest quarterback. They're not very good. They're not helping themselves, but it is just an unfortunate – Unfortunate for them that they have to, they're expected to do what we expect them to do, but they don't have the help that they need.
1: No, yeah, you're exactly right. And I mean, the, we're used to seeing Tank Bigsby be able to defy the odds no matter what the offensive line is. Um, but it, right now, it's, it is just not like he, he can't get an opening to save his life. Yeah, even Tank's it's not his like fault.
0: Yeah. Even he's looking average right now. We all know that he's not average. He's he's easily behind a decent offensive line, a top two running back in the country. And he just doesn't... I mean, we all know he is, but he just hasn't been able to produce those kinds of numbers because there's just no room for him to run. Right. It's, I think I saw a stat, and it's like 42% of Auburn's running plays have gone for zero or negative yards. And like that, that alone should just baffle you about like, like almost half of their running plays are no gain or loss of yards. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't even want to know what, I think, I, there. I think I saw another, I don't remember the numbers, but there's some stat about like quarterback pressures against Auburn and it's just like absurd and, you know. Again, our quarterbacks aren't great, but when they don't have the time, like it's just it's just not a good situation. And Harson, as of right now, doesn't seem to be doing a ton of uh, doesn't seem to do a ton to help that out with recruiting. I mean, there have been a few commits and stuff like that. I think we've got a few O line commits, but it's nobody that, as far as I've seen, nobody coming in right now that you look at and you're like, oh, they're gonna change they're going to change the dynamic of this offensive line, or they're going to change the dynamic of this team. There's just nobody right now that you look at. And it's just – it is a little frustrating because when you know – like, Carson knew coming into this season what he had. Like, I don't think they went out there against Mercer or San Jose State or Penn State and played the way they did. And Harson was like, man, what? Like, what are we doing? Like, I, I think he kind of knew. but Like, obviously, he's optimistic, I'm sure, and – expects them to go out there and battle every time but like I don't think he expected to come in this season and go 12-0 like I think he knew like he watched he's the head coach like he sees practice he sees everything at practice and he knows the talent level of his players and it's I think it's just like seeing the level of like even last year's class was like 13 or 14th in the SEC the 2023 class is like <laughs> bottom two, bottom three. And obviously, there's still a long way to go with that. But you're not helping yourself when you're getting blown out at home against Penn State. You're you're an eight-point underdog at home against LSU. And LSU, I mean, as far as we've seen, isn't like a great team. Like, it shouldn't be a team that comes into Jordan-Hare and wins by double digits. Oh, yeah. Um, and so it's just a little frustrating – to see that, and you just don't see a lot being done to fix the problem.
1: Yeah, and just to take a glance at, like, who LSU is, (coughs) um, honestly, we we don't know who LSU is, though, and we don't know if this game tomorrow could go, you know, the way Penn State went or if it can go uh, the way – well, I mean, we haven't really had a great game We haven't year, really had a great so, game. So, never mind. But, uh, anywho, I mean, LSU, their main guy is Jaden Daniels, obviously. Um, most of you will probably know him because he is the guy back in 2019 who lit it up against Oregon um, in that game where Oregon, I believe it, like, officially knocked Oregon out of the playoff race. If I, Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, I remember specifically watching that game and seeing him throw like a just a 70 yard touchdown pass with like five minutes left in the fourth quarter or something like that. So the dude's got some skill. I mean, he also led, even though it fell short because of the missed PAT at the end of the game, he, he led a pretty insane comeback uh, against Florida State. So they know how to move the ball. They also held Mississippi State to only 16 points last or two weeks ago and beat him by uh, 15 points. And it's – that right there, just the fact that – I mean, Rodgers on Mississippi State is a pretty darn good quarterback. Um, And the fact that they held him to not much is – scary. Makes me think that we're not going to do too much tomorrow. And that's against
0: the offense that the whole design of that offense is to throw the ball.
1: Correct. Um, You know, who knows? A lot can change,
0: though. Maybe somehow we get some running going. Maybe not, but... That would be the main goal, and I think that's been their main goal these past couple games is to establish the run, but, like, it just hasn't worked. Like, I I think Harson had a quote after the Penn State game. Like, people were asking, like, why didn't Tank get more touches? Because he touched the ball, like, five or six times in the first quarter and then had, like, one touch in the second quarter. It's like, why are we not giving Tank the ball? Well, he's like, you know, we got behind. We had to start throwing the ball. Like, I think it's just those things right there, like you're kind of abandoning what you need to be sticking to. Because, like, right now Auburn's run game is going to – I mean, even even it is just not great. And it's not Tank's fault. It's not Jar- It's not Jarquez's fault. It's not Damari's fault. Like, a lot of the play calls haven't been great either. I have looked at some of those play calls and been like, why are we running? One
1: hasn't been good, though. For Auburn, what uh, there's just
0: not anything. I mean, our punter Oscar Chapman's apparently. I think he ranks like number one in the country in <laughs> net yards or something like that. I mean, you can look at that, but like when when you're sitting there and your punter's your best, playing the best, that's when you know you're in trouble. Yeah. And it, it, I hate to break it. I, as I mentioned earlier, I hate to break it to you, but like these next five, six weeks, it's it's gonna be a bloodbath. Uh, unfortunately. Unless Auburn (laughs) magically unless TJ Finley magically is able to be a good quarterback and our O-line turns into the Great Wall of China. like I just it's just not looking too hot. Um, Auburn would be lucky to win two more games the rest of the season. Western Kentucky maybe Mississippi State and hopefully – Auburn has to win this game tomorrow if they want any sort of – like I, I don't even – I just I just don't even know like what winning the game tomorrow does because like after that Mississippi State and Western Kentucky are the only two games you look at and you're like maybe they can pull out a win there. Western Kentucky's one that you would probably expect to win, but just, you know, you never know. But like Mississippi State, like that's one that you kind of hope we can pull out a win – I don't really know how good Mississippi State is. I think they're they're not as bad as Auburn, but they're not they're not great. Um, Yeah, (laughs) like going to Georgia next week to Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Ole Miss isn't looking fantastic. Um, I don't know. It's just a weird year in general. Like there's a lot of high hopes for a lot of teams. I think Ole Miss was a team that you looked at and you know, expected to come in and light it up. And they've done – I mean, they beat Troy 28-10. They've played some other games that they've won, but they only beat Tulsa 35-27 at home. Um, Georgia, I think, is probably they deserving of that number one spot. Arkansas hasn't necessarily been a letdown, but, like – I mean, I didn't expect them to be super great, but um, – yeah, I haven't expected them to be super great, and they haven't been. I think a lot of Arkansas fans were expecting something crazy, but I mean, losing to Texas A and M, barely beat Missouri State, didn't destroy South Carolina at home, barely beat Cincinnati. Cincinnati's probably a decent team. I mean, I don't really, don't really know, but like, there's that kind of all around the SEC. Like, there's just not. Kind of a weird year, I'd say. I think you know, besides Georgia and maybe Alabama and I mean uh Texas AM's not even that good. But like besides those team I mean, some people might say Kentucky, but I don't think Kentucky's that good. Florida's not that good. Like again, it's it's kind of just been the story of the past several years. It's just Georgia and Alabama and maybe you'll have another team or two that can kind of compete. Um and unfortunately it's not Auburn this year. You know, Auburn's at the bottom the bottom of the SEC, uh, as it should be. I mean, they're just, just not good. Uh, so I guess we can probably start sitting here stop sitting here and and crapping on Auburn. As much as I love Auburn football, just just gotta be real sometimes, um, and be honest with yourselves, as optimistic as I was before the season. Mm-hmm. Um, quickly realized that I um, should not have done that and got my hopes up because well, man was that Penn State game a wake up call. Uh, <coughs> I was very disappointed, um, but we'll we'll stop there. We'll we'll get back next week and maybe we'll we'll talk LSU for sure. But I don't really, as far as the rest of the season goes, I just don't see the conversation about how Auburn is changing um, and maybe at some point we'll end up having to talk about new head coaching possibilities depending on how much longer Harson's here, which I as far as I'm seeing doesn't look to be very long. It just kind of depends on how these next few game goes, next few games go in my opinion. But yeah. we'll transition over to the Braves um, and end on talking a little bit of Braves baseball. Um right now uh they are tied with the Mets with uh in the NL I believe in it. No, uh no, so, is it one game back? New
1: York currently sits one game ahead. Okay. Um and right now I actually have it up on my phone. It's DeGrom versus Freed, so it's uh, it's DeGrom versus Freed tonight. Uh tomorrow it is Wright versus Scherzer. And then Sunday it is uh, Morton versus Bassett, and uh, Morton actually just got extended one more year, um, which that that decision might raise some eyebrows to some Brace fans. But we got to remember that he he's been he's been balling out lately. So if he can if he can just stay consistent like that next year and not do his typical like first half struggle, last half just dominate thing, and he can just do it the whole way. Um, it'll definitely be worth it. Even if he does do the half and half. Because uh, lately he's been he's been lights out for us. Um, mm-hmm. And we really need him to be that Sunday and this postseason. Um, especially with Strider on the aisle right now. Uh, Atlanta just doesn't want to risk anything with him uh, coming back too soon. So definitely take the time for him that he needs. Especially because he's such a heavy thrower. Just with the high speed stuff, it, it's got to cost a tear in his arm though mm-hmm. but yeah it's uh, this is the series that we've talked about ever since we started this podcast this season the second oh, yeah. season um, I remember it's, it's, we said it was going to come down to this series and boy oh boy it, it, it's coming down to it uh, I believe if Atlanta win, wins this series which they'd have to win two games and only lose one um, that would tie it if we'd get the one game lead one game and we'd have to win and then I believe I believe we, we could win a game and then the Mets lose the next game, then we'd solidify the, the East. Um,
0: but every game from this point on is I mean, I know it's probably been that way for the past several weeks, but every game, <laughs> like more importantly now, is a must win game for mm-hmm. Atlanta. Like you really don't have any room to to drop a game, especially against the Mets. And then I think they finish off the season with the Marlins. Um, I don't know how many. I'm going to take a peek. I think only three games. Yeah, so three-game series to finish off the season at the Marlins. The
1: Marlins have been giving some teams some hell lately. I mean, yeah. they beat the
0: Mets, and they've, they almost won the series against the Mets. No, they did. Um, um, so, I mean, Braves just have to finish off <coughs> strong. I mean, maybe you go – Five out of the last six would be, I guess, probably the most realistic. Obviously, you'd want to go six of six, but yeah. I mean, I just don't. I don't think six of six. I mean, it's it, not saying it's not realistic, but like, you know, you can't expect a baseball team to win every game because that's just not. I mean, baseball just isn't like that. Um, but if they could win the last five out of five out of the last six games that they play, I I I think I'd be pretty comfortable. I mean, if you told me that, like. That would mean that they probably would win the NL East. Um, yeah. They're already guaranteed a postseason spot, so that's good to know—is that they're guaranteed to be in the postseason. But obviously, you want to win. How many? It's been like what? They've won the NL East like how many straight years? Uh, four straight years. Four straight years. So it's, yeah, it's obviously wanting to wanting to keep that rolling. Um, you know, the Mets kind of came out of nowhere. Like didn't come out of nowhere this season, but like. I think everybody at the beginning of the season just kind of expected the Braves.
1: Their new owner uh, made some really big money moves because he has a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Um, But hiring Buck Showalter, this guy led the Yankees. uh, He he was there before – well, he he was like there in Jeter's rookie year and kind of – like had a sneak peek of like what the Yankees would be in the nineties. Uh, but then he left and now, I mean, a lot of people know him cause he was at Baltimore in the early 2010s and he's done a good job. I mean, when they, he was in Baltimore, it was, they were always con, not contenders, but they were always playoff caliber teams like with Adam Jones and, um, uh, just other players who really affected, who really caused havoc in the AL East. Um, but now he's in New York. And they have a pretty good team together. Um, the only thing we can really hope for, which has been the whole story of the whole season, is that they just run out of gas. Um, and the thing is, is it's really easy to run out of gas when you have to go through the Dodgers in the divisional round. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what we would, what they'd have to do if uh, Atlanta wins this, uh, the East and. We really don't want that to happen because we have guys who are being worn down. Mm-hmm. Acuna's obviously been playing with a terrible knee. Um, I mean, Strider, as you know, as I said earlier, is on the I.L., but we, the last thing we need is to play a gauntlet of teams and just get tired.
0: I think Vaughn Grissom's been and out. Yeah, he's not in the lineup. Uh, Ozzy obviously came back and then got put back on the – Got got injured again. I don't think was anything serious, but I don't think he'll be playing until the postseason, which you know hurts. But at the same time, you know they've played well with him most of the second half of the of the season. But you know if they the Braves know what they have to do, it's not any. You know mystery what they have to do, and I, I think they they all want to win the NL East. Who would who would they play if they? Who's the other team? It's it's the Dodgers and who are the like top two? Like who would so, who would the Braves play if they won the NL East in the first round?
1: They'd play either I believe St Louis or uh, San Diego. Okay, in the divisional round.
0: Yeah. Okay. So obviously wanting to do that over playing the Dodgers, I think. Wanna, the, regardless to say, I mean,
1: the Braves got to get hot, but the Dodgers are the best team in baseball right now. Yeah. I mean, there's just no debate. But, I mean, we're still here. We can still wreak havoc.
0: As we proved last year, it it really just comes down to who's the, the hotter team. Exactly. Um, and the Braves aren't necessarily hot, but they're not. I wouldn't say they're cold. So, if they're going to get hot, these last six games would be a great time to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, But obviously, the later that we have to play the Dodgers, the better. So winning the NL East really is important for multiple reasons. I mean, continuing the streak, avoiding the Dodgers until the the championship series, Um, coming back from, what was it, like 14 games at one point of the Mets, and just kind of the battle that it's been for the NL East would be super impressive, uh, for the Braves um, and you know just just as a Braves fan you won't you won't all of all of it you want the world series and all of it so um just i guess just chop on man <laughs> i guess that's really all there is left to say um but I guess, yeah, so that that's really about it. I mean, Wiley, have anything else to add? No, it's just hopefully we can win the uh, East. <laughs> that's really it. That's the
1: only hope yeah. we have as when's the, fans when's... of Auburn and the Rays. But,
0: yeah. When will we know? Th- let's see, the last game is next, is Wednesday, October 5th. Uh, so we will know. We will know next Wednesday, um, which won't be the podcast. Next episode should be next Friday. So by then we will have known. I'm sure we'll know earlier, but by then we'll have known. Y'all will hear from us about kind of where the Braves sit before the postseason starts. Um, so that's all for today. I don't really – there's not a ton else going on in sports. I think the NBA kicks off at some point in the next month or so. God, I can't wait. (laughs) That's going to be, I'm excited for that. I actually have started to pay attention a lot more. Um, You know, not a ton of other college football news. Just, you know, just kind of seeing, definitely going to get more into other teams towards the end of the season as we get closer to the college football playoffs, talking about that. Um, But for right now, really just going to be sticking to Auburn and Braves, but, That's going to do it for today's episode. Uh, Thanks for joining, and we'll catch all of y'all next week.